What's up, gentlemen? This is Rising Phoenix Podcast, the podcast about how to rise up after your divorce. I'm your host, Michael Rhodes. Let's get into it. Hello, and welcome to the show. This is episode 51. It's been a little while since I did a post intro, and I'm doing that because this episode features Steve, a life coach who offers a program and a discount to that program to you guys at the end. And I want to address that. I want to be transparent about that. If you go to his website and you purchase this program that he is offering, uh, you do get a discount and I get a cut. And I believe it's been a little, it's been a while since I interviewed Steve and I was waiting to put this one out until the website was done. So I think it's 20%, if I'm being honest. Uh, and I can't even tell you what the charge is. I'm not doing a very good job of selling this, uh, but but I'm not trying to. That's That's also what I want to sort of, address. Uh, I, this is not going to turn this podcast into, uh, you know, an attempt to sell you shit. I, I had a pre-interview with Steve. I really connected with Steve and clicked with Steve. I liked his story. Uh, he is a, not only uh, a man who has been through divorce himself, he's also, he was also a child of divorce. So he speaks from experience. And so I liked him. And uh, I, I reviewed his content, sort of his blog posts and stuff. And I just thought he, if he has a program that can help, it's fairly cheap. Uh, I believe it's less than, I know it's less than $200. I can't remember exactly. And again, I know I'm doing a shit job of selling it, but I'm not, I'm not trying to sell it. it. It's, he's a good guy. He's a great guest. And if you want to purchase this, that's great. I just want you to be aware that I am going to get a cut. And I believe in transparency. I believe in being open and honest. Um, I, I think you can see that from the first episode, uh, uh, and, and hopefully it's, it's been obvious up until now, but I, I thought he was a great guest and I think he, I thought he had something to offer and think he does have something to offer. In fact, he is on the website. So if you go to divorced-mens-network.com and you look for a life coach or a financial advisor, you're going to find Steve and he is on there because I, I think he's a genuine human being and he speaks and coaches and teaches from experience. Now he hasn't coached or taught me anything. So I can't speak from my personal experience, but just interviewing him, talking with him, looking at his content, he has posted a blog for the website. I believe he can help men. And that's the point. If you don't want to purchase this, don't. You don't have to. This episode is not a sales pitch for him, but it comes in at the end. And I wanted to make that clear. So I hope you dig this one. I hope it helps. Here we go. Episode 51. Today is Steve. Uh, Steve, why don't we just dive right into it? Why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself and your story? Sure. Thanks for having me, Michael. I appreciate it. You're um, actually pretty excited to share this. I, uh, I've been divorced for four years. And even though the divorce is final, it doesn't mean it's final. <laughs> right. so I, I continually work through different things. Uh, but divorce has been a part of my life since I was 10. Mm. I, uh, my parents got divorced uh, right at the time when we purchased a new house. And my parents ended up not selling, settling on that house. Mm. And we found, I found myself homeless, not to the extent that we were living on the street, but we were living with family members right. for an extended period of time. Uh, went through, got married, 
uh, had a 20 year marriage with my wife, um, had a business that I had in Maryland. We decided to relocate to Vermont. I sold that business and pretty much six months after we relocated the unwindings that were probably stewing in the marriage for a long time began to unfold. Um, shortly after, probably about a year after moving to Vermont, my, um, my brother-in-law took his life mm. and uh, that set my ex-wife, I think in a very difficult, hard spot. And mm. it really brought to surface a lot of things that probably she wasn't happy with. And ultimately I, without recognizing, I wasn't happy with either. Yeah. Uh, so then we went through a divorce. Um, all right. Let's, if you don't mind, I want to, I'm curious um, about your parents' divorce. How do you think that affected you at the time? It was, it was very difficult. Uh, you know, I went through nine schools in 12 years. Oof. And from that time of fifth grade, fourth and fifth grade, there was about five different schools. I remember going to a new fifth grade school and them talking to me, kids talking to me, asking me how old I was. Mm -hmm. And I really thought I was eight years old when I was actually 10. Wow. Uh, I, I just had, it had stunted me. Uh, I went through a period of bullying. I lost confidence, um, put me behind in my schoolwork, created all sorts of challenges. But as I look back, it's that those types of things I think built my character. Mm a lot yeah um, so it was difficult what, what are some of the things you and i'm asking this maybe sort of selfishly because now now i have children right or, or i mean i've had them for, for a little while but i mean um you know they're going through this process uh, it's been two years since the separation so it's you know it's we're, we're a little further out but um challenges persist as they do in life so what are some of the things that you sort of wished you would have had during that time period and i'm obviously the family staying together perhaps, but I mean, what are some of the things you think would have been helpful and beneficial to you as a child during that time period? Well, it was, yeah, it's a great question. So the number one thing would have been stability. Mm. So when I, when, when we became homeless, I lost all my pets. I had two dogs. I lost all my friends. Um, my family was in turmoil. So both sides of the family weren't talking to each other. Uh, I, you know, immediately was thrown into this and, and keep in mind, this is in the seventies. So right. divorce was a little bit of a taboo, but really what the way it impacted me the most is when I, it came time for my own divorce, hmm. having just moved my family from Maryland to Vermont, put my kids, I have three boys, put them all in a different living situation. Right. Uh, my goal was to keep the stability. And what I decided to do was to keep my house and I basically paid my ex all the rest, you know, all of my retirement, all of our cash. And uh, just so I could keep that stability. Yeah. Uh, and it's been, you know, it's a, it's a difficult thing to rebound with, but I'm, I'm glad that I made that decision yeah. to do that. So my kids have had that stability coming through. And, and what I've learned is that kids really, they need to, they need to know that one parent is stable. Yeah. Not that both parents are stable, that, that they have a home base at one spot. And I think that's what I missed when I was a kid. Yeah, excellent points. Um, it's, it, I think it's sort of, it confirms kind of what I 
suspected, <clears throat> you know, how, how important stability is and, and why I've made some of the decisions I made. So, um, yeah, it's, it's nice to sort of hear that um, confirmed. Uh, but let's let's shift to, to your your divorce. And um, what, what are some of the things that you think led to it and things that you sort of learned about yourself, maybe things you are working on, some of that kind of those kind of things, some of the mistakes made, perhaps? Yeah, well, you know, when when I got married, I was 28 years old, I had dated my wife for about two and a half years. I was just coming out of this, you, you know, independent guy phase, you know, right. from 21 to 25, I was out with my friends, my life evolved around my friends. Sure. I was starting to get into my career. But what happened with us is we just started to actualize differently. And, you know, as the kids came, we had different core beliefs around the kids mm -hmm. and we started to grow in apart. And, um, and that, that ultimately started showing all the fissures that were in our relationship. And I think when I moved to Vermont, it was a way to escape, like trying to renew something as I look yeah. back. Yeah. Um, but I, I would say the thing that ultimately led to the divorce was us growing apart and then not having the communication foundation of coming back together. And what I discovered is that I had a relationship that was based on need fulfillment, mm -hmm. not a relationship that was based on purpose. Yeah. Uh, so both my ex and I uh, found ways to relate in ways to fill each other's needs. Uh, we didn't have the, the ability to come together as a, with a solid purpose and each other. When do you, when that's a, that's a, um, a remarkable reflection. Um, when did you come to that realization and, and, and how? Well, it, it came to my realization at the, the first separation. Mm. Okay. So when my, when my wife left, um, it gutted me open, right? I, I was, I call it an ending of unequals, right? Mm -hmm. Usually somebody disengages in the relationship before it's over. Yeah. And then they tell another person that it's over. And the person that's receiving the information, even though they probably are aware that the relationship wasn't good, it was, it's a, an emotional ending of unequals. So I started, I was the one that was told I didn't have a chance to grieve the loss and emotionally and, and right. then all of a sudden your world gets turned upside down yep so uh during that time uh i decided you know to, to really dive in and do a lot of self-work and that's when i came to the point of uh just reading different materials trying to get my eyes open to different things and and i just discovered that our relationship was really a relationship based on need and it was it was, it was sad, but it was also very comforting and it helped me let go of the relationship a little bit because mm -hmm. I knew deep down that's what, not what I wanted. Yeah. Um, man, there's a whole host of questions. Um, there's so many that there's a, there's currently a, a traffic jam in my head. <laughs> um, it, uh, my apologies. I'm just sometimes when when these things when I have these conversations, I, then I start reflecting on myself, and I'm like I get stuck in my head. So my apologies. Um, it, 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 it's common. It's common. 
you know, we, we yeah. go, go through. So one of the things that, so I, I mentioned that I went through two divorces. Uh, the first time she left me, that opened up all sorts of suffering that I did to myself, right? The suffering was, um, I'm alone or I'm not good enough. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. the suffering that I was giving to myself. Sure. Yeah. No, that's common. And then she came back a few months later and wanted to rekindle the relationship. And then I got stuck in this whole turmoil. Like, do I, should I do it for my kids? Am I obligated? How should I move forward? Uh, and then there was a part of me that was like, no, 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 don't go there. And I was in this, this head and heart tug of war. Mm. Uh, but one week before the, uh, divorce hearing was supposed to occur I decided to pull the marriage or pull the divorce mm. and we rekindled and we mm. rekindled for for four months and and dumbass me you know I I I brought my kids back to the church and I renewed my vows in front of my kids and mm. I wasn't sure and uh and then it was about four months after that that things were just really unfolding the wrong way it's not what i wanted and i realized at that point in time i was being loyal to her and my family but i didn't love her and it took me about a year to finally realize that even though she told me that she wanted to leave that i didn't love her either yeah i cared for her but it's not the relationship of that i really wanted with somebody yeah there's there's incredible strength in that your ability to do that um to self-reflect in that manner to realize certain things although it appears on the surface that you want them but but you ultimately come to the realization that that it wasn't healthy um that takes a lot of work did you do any therapy did you like how did you sort of i ran i ran a uh and I still do run a financial planning business. And at the time, you know, through a couple of years before my divorce, I, I worked with a business coach that was really designed to help you. Uh, it was called the Soul Purpose Institute, but it was around finding your soul's intention around your, your work, your life's work. Hmm. And he only worked with financial advisors. So when I, when I went through the divorce on the first go around, when she left me, I decided to hire him for a year oh wow and i said i don't want you to coach me on anything about business mm. i want you to coach me on um self-awareness and uh you know how how can i create the intentions i have for my life and my kids and and it, it opened up a whole can of confusion but that's what needed to open up yeah. It needed it needed to come out, and I started through that process. Started um, seeing things wrong, but then I would practice the tools that he gave me every day, mm. and I would try to to get myself grounded as much mm. as I can. And that's that's I needed help to get through that. Yeah. I could I don't think I would have done it by myself. I would have reverted into my typical archetype of burying everything on my shoulders, you know, trying to tough it out. Uh, and I'm so glad that I got the help that I got. Yeah. Well, and that's the tough part for men, I think, um, amongst other things, right. Especially, you know, in your, your scenario, which is more and more typical, 
Um, I hesitate to say like, that's the norm uh, because, you know, I don't know every single divorce uh, and every single situation. Uh, it seems that uh, societally uh, we are sort of on this path where the woman decides to leave and the man is, is left and been, been dropped the bomb. But um, you know, I'm, I, I'm sure that there are, there are other scenarios, but so it's, it's, it's not just, you know, losing your, your marriage and the rejection and all that, but it's, it's the loss of your identity and who you are. And, and, and sometimes I think it's, it's really difficult for, for men to, to put up their hands and say, I, I, I need some help. Um, yeah. You know, the suicide numbers, I've, I've repeated those ad nauseum. So guys probably don't want to hear them again, but it's, it's a whole lot of married uh, divorced men who are killing themselves uh, in, in the United States alone. I'm not sure about the rest of the world, but that, that component of, of, of putting your hands up and saying, I, I need help is, is, is key to, to your recovery because that allows you, at least at that point, you're taking sort of ownership, right? You're saying, okay, I need some help. I have to do something. And it, even if it's reaching out, it's, I mean, that's, that's still something. And, and a lot of guys miss that step, but um, so, so what is, is that, is that sort of the key to, to your, your recovery, as I like to call it, um, was, was reaching out and getting that help from that person? Was that one of the keys? That, yeah, that, that was the key. Mm. Um, and you, you touched on something very key about the loss of identity, because we go through three divorces at once in my mind, we, we lose our spouse, someone mm. we care about. But when you give a marriage vow, yeah. it's one of the most powerful intentions that you have. So when you, when you give that vow, you automatically create dreams for your future. Just like when you hold your kid for the first time, you look in their eyes and you have dreams of what you're going to provide for them. Yeah. So that's a tough one to, to get rid of too, because you divorce from your dreams and your possessions. Yeah. But the hardest one is the divorce of the identity because you're not the full-time parent you're not yep. the full-time provider you're not the full-time partner and it makes you question uh, yes. so when i went through this loss of identity piece um so after i uh, went through that first divorce and uh, or that first separation i should say i call it the first divorce i was under a lot of pressure from, from my one of my employers at the time just to it was just putting a lot of pressure on me and I was driving an hour to work each way. And it was hard for me to manage my kids. And, and I just called time out and I stepped back and I decided to take a gap year. Mm. And I took 12 months to really focus on getting myself right. And, and it was kind of funny. One of the things I always wanted to do was learn how to bartend. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to take a year off. I'm just going to go bartend and I'm going to make enough money to cover my my bare ass minimum amount of money I need to make. And then, you know, I'm going to take care of myself, get myself grounded. Yeah. And that's what I did. But there was a, there was a point in time, like one time I, I went out and I was drinking and I was getting all pouty. I came home on the iPad and I uh, Googled um, how to make a noose. Wow. And uh, everything that came up on, thank, thank God for Google. It was like everything that came up was like suicide prevention, mm. <laughs> all the top things. Wow. And uh, so I, I, re I relate to it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's uh, I, I, I say all the time, I, I'm not sure with the exception of maybe losing a child. I don't think there's a more difficult thing to go through in life. Um, it, it is perhaps 
a little easier if you make the decision, although I'm still not. I mean, I don't think that makes it easy. I just think it does make it a tad easier. Um, but I think there is no more difficult thing to go through. Again, lost the child because of so many components. It's not just a, you know, a one thing. It's not, you know, um, yeah, someone left you. It's, it's all the other things. And if you have children, you're reminded of it constantly, right? Because you have to stay in contact, at least if you want to, you know, depending on the parenting situation, all that. But in general, you're going to have to stay in contact. So that wound, in my view, it I shouldn't say it never really heals. It feels like that sometimes. But I, it certainly takes longer um, because it's it's constantly sort of being poked at. And you're reminded of what you're not anymore. Like, oh, I have to check the calendar to, to see whose day it is. Because, and like when, when you have children, that's like, it's <laughs> not a fucking thought in your mind. Like, geez, someday I'm going to have to figure out scheduling with, with this woman to see this, this creature. It's like, it, it's, it's just, it, it's so far out from what you imagined and what you thought that it can be, it's devastating. It just is. There's no fucking way around it. Um, so what are some of the things that you learned from this particular person that, that were, um, you know, key to, to your recovery? The thing that he taught me uh, that was the start uh, was, well, there's two things. One is that there, there are three forms of suffering. Mm. And it, it's a, it was a, it's a Buddhist thing, isn't it? It's a Buddhist thing. Right? Yeah. It's spiritually based thing. But the, the three forms of suffering are uh, I'm alone, I'm not enough and I want what I cannot have. Mm. And the funny thing about divorce is divorce presents all of those three things at different junctures or at one time. Yeah, for sure. So what I realized is I was creating my own suffering and it was partly coming in from judgment and blame. So you can't, you can't judge or blame your ex on any of their actions without reliving the, the, the event that's mm. hurtful in the beginning begin with so what i kept doing is i kept you know i would i wouldn't know how to handle my emotions i would act out i would judge and blame and i tie myself to the pain body of the divorce and i was creating my own cycle so it's finally getting to a point of letting go and learning how to take a hundred percent responsibility for me and that i was a hundred percent responsible for the role i played in the marriage and i'm a hundred i have the ability to respond a hundred percent in my best interest going forward without the judging and blaming that that was probably the biggest thing that he taught me the other thing that that i went through was an exercise to uh of truth telling telling the truth about uh, my ex to myself and telling the truth about myself to myself uh, that was another big thing for me mm. so let's go let's go back to the the judgment part um, and, and I, 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 I am in complete agreement, uh, judgment of yourself, judgment of her, um, reliving, staying stuck. It's a struggle. So in those moments where let's say you drop off the kids, uh, and you just go, man, this sucks. I don't want to do this. Why am I doing this? It, I, I still do this somewhat years later on occasion, you know, two, two years, uh, for me. And, and sometimes I, I get stuck. I'm now I'm fairly good at, at getting unstuck because I'm, I'm, uh, I'm aware that I, 
I can't control the situation. You know, it's her decision, all these things, right? But for you, in those moments when when you were feeling yourself starting to ruminate or 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 going down sort of a rabbit hole of of finger pointing and blame and all that shit. How did you stop yourself? Because, because a lot of guys and I, and me too, they struggle with this part. How could you do this? I can't believe she would do this. Why would she do this? How could she do that? It's a constant, constant, constant. How did you yourself like put an end to that or at least start to well, lessen it? That that's a practice. That's a recovery practice, right? Yeah, so, for sure. So think about divorce. It's a day by day process. That's what it is. It, it's yep. a process you focus on each day. So some days you're going to slip and you're going to judge. In yep. fact, I just dropped off my son at her. Or he had to pick up something at her house and he came out dollar sneakers. And I'm and I know she doesn't have the money for it. And you were going back to child for child more child support. Like I, I, the judgment just is like, why? Yeah. Why does this happen? Right. Yep. But there's two two judgments bi directional. So the first judgment I had to deal with was myself, judging myself like, geez, you know, I thought I was following the how to be a good father, how to be a good provider, how to be a good parent handbook to yep. a T, like super dad. Yeah. Why wasn't that good enough? And I was just judging myself. And then it comes to the things of judging her. Sure. So one of the things that it, that happens when you judge is you're trying to control recognizing that you're trying to control something that's not within your control yes so that's this is one of the things where it talks about the three forms of buddhist suffering i want what i cannot have i want her to act in a way that i can control or right. align with maybe not control but align. Right. i want what i cannot have and it's not it's not realistic yeah so then you realize that okay, well, if you sit here and bang your head against the wall over and over and over, eventually your head's going to start hurting and you have to stop banging your head against the wall. And that's what I was doing to myself. So I wanted to plant my feet. I wanted to get the divorce behind me. And the thing that was holding me back was the level that I was judging. And I'm not 100% free of judgment, but sure. I'm pretty hot. I, I, I let a lot of things go. Yeah. I just have faith that it's going to be okay. Yeah. It's, that's a, it, it's a process. It's a practice. You're right. Uh, it's, it's, it's not something you can just like, you know, the first try or, you know, the first moments that, that you judge, you know, I think for me, step one is like, okay, you at least notice it. Like, this is something that I'm, you know, either it's, I'm starting to ruminate or I'm judging or whatever. It, it's just, for me, it's about being mindful, paying attention of, to your thoughts. And, and you don't always, have to change them immediately because that's that's the hard part but if you at least start noticing like that for me is step one i say to a lot of guys like if, man you got a lot of negative thoughts there a lot not a lot of negative beliefs like just notice that step one right um right. and same thing judge i'm i'm judging right now and that i think it, it allows you to start being able to control your mind because if you can see it then you at least can start doing something about it eventually it takes time um, it's, it's a practice. So, so all of these things that you learned, all these things that you've been through, um, uh, because of that, I'm going to do something I've never done before. And that is sort of promote a program that will help men. I've never done this. Um, and truthfully, if you didn't have the story you had, I wouldn't do it. So let's talk a little bit about what you do now and how you're helping men. 
Yeah, yeah. So I, I focus on helping men recover from divorce. I don't help them try to pull one over on their ex. Right. right? We're going to move forward. So uh, for the last three years, I've been uh, adding in this divorce recovery coaching. I was learning how to do it. it it's kind of work that found me. I wasn't setting out to do it. And I've developed a coaching practice that blends in um, my financial work with my coaching work. And I do everything on an hourly basis. But what I found is that a lot of men, uh, we, you know, divorce brings a lot of uncertainty. Mm. And we want, innately, we want certainty in our lives. But you go through this long process of divorce, and there's uncertainty around your living situation, around child support, how your marital property will be divided, and all of the the court documents, everything centers on finances and your family. Nothing centers on your your overall well-being or your emotional fortitude. True. So what I did is I, uh, and so men don't, they get distracted with the divorce process because they're trying to be this archetype of a good provider. Yep family finances and they don't care for themselves and oftentimes they don't seek help and maybe they want to seek help but they the the therapy sessions aren't covered by their insurance whatever it may be so i said you know i want to develop a program that's affordable that you can be self-guided you can do in the privacy of your own home be as vulnerable to yourself as you'd like and i want to open it up so i i created a recovery program that i i put together for um, 12 covers 12 modules of divorce recovery. Uh, it speaks to three stoic principles, stoic philo- philosophical principles, which are having the right perception, directing your actions properly, and learning how to control what's in your control. Yeah. It, it stages the recovery through those three things. And it's about seven and a half hours of content with workbooks. Mm. And I have that offer. And and uh, I wrote it out about two weeks ago. It's $149. And actually for all your listeners, if they would like to have a discount, they can get a 25% discount using the discount code rising Phoenix. Awesome. Two words. Awesome. Well, I, 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 I thank you uh, for that. Uh, I myself will probably uh, take a stab at it um, because I'd like I, to know what you think, you know? Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. And I think for me, um, I, I would feel, um, I'm not, I'm not sure. I, I, I would, I feel more comfortable. Uh, let's put it that way. If, if I would, because I don't want to, um, recommend anything that I'm like, have no idea what it is or, or what you're doing. Right. So, so for me, I, I think it's important for me to go through it and check it out. And, and, and that way I can honestly say, yes, this is a good thing. Um, it's just for my own, my own peace of mind, but, but your story is what, if you were just some coach and there are a zillion of them, it seems like, uh, out there and you didn't have the experiences that you had. And, and also it's not just your experience, but it's your outlook because you could have this experience, the, the ones that you went through and just be bitter and angry. And in that case, I wouldn't be interested, right? You you've taken a very, um, positive outlook, you know, you've, you know, as they say, uh, chicken salad out of chicken shit right i mean you 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 took something pretty negative and, and it turned it into a positive I'm, I'm i'm sure you probably still have work to do as as we all do but um 
it's it's not just your story it's your outlook and so that's why i i feel comfortable at least letting this get out there and and hoping that it helps because as we as we discussed i think uh, you know well, well as, as we discussed earlier it's like it's so hard for men to even put up their hands and then when they do what what is their resource what is their where are they going for their help now therapy and all that but then like you said you know sometimes perhaps their insurance doesn't cover it perhaps they can't find because i I know for me finding a therapist i had a great one and then unfortunately he passed away and then finding another one was yeah it's not it's not easy work it's it's and it it is work make a mistake like if you know those of you out there are looking for a therapist treat it like dating like it's not like the first one you find like you got to find someone that fits for you and, and someone that can truly help you. And so that's not easy to find. So if there are things out there that can help men, I am all for it because we lack that as men, we lack the resources to go through this thing and come out the other side, healthier and happier than we right. were. And, well, and that's, that's the key. That you're, you're exactly right. And, you know, even, even when you go to therapy nowadays with COVID, it's hard to even find somebody that has an opening in their schedule. Yeah. But it, when you go to therapy, it could be, you know, week or two weeks between sessions. But yep. I, my stance, and I, I learned this from hearing a little bit of a clip about Nick Saban, mm. you know, the Bama football coach. And he says, mm. you know, we don't set out to win national titles. We run a process day yep. by day. And the process is, look, if you're in a drill, you run that drill to perfection. If you're in a game situation, you run that to perfection if you're in film study you know your role so what the program's designed to do is to help broaden your awareness but then give you tools that you can fall on in this day-by-day process so that you incrementally get better and better and better because you can't flip a switch and get out the mm, no no i i was having that uh I, I did a live video last night about that how it's it's there is no quick fix there is no magical formula, pill, program, um, nothing. There's nothing. It's, it's a process. It's, it's sometimes it's a really shitty process. Um, but I hate to say it, but that's what you want. Yeah. You, you true. want it because that obstacle, that obstacle that's causing that shit yeah. is the way yes. that's the door you go through. If you yeah. keep resisting it, then that, that opportunity won't grow in your life. Yeah. Agreed. There's a miracle embedded in this. You just have to find it. Yeah, yeah, agreed. So uh, on that note, uh, the last thing that I that I ask folks, and I think we'll have you on again too, once, I, once I'm able to go through the program a little bit and we can discuss it a little bit more in depth perhaps. Um, but uh, one of the, one of the, or the last thing that I ask every, every guest from, you know, uh, doctors to lawyers to, to accountants, um, to regular guys, what are some words of wisdom you would impart to the man that has just found out or just been left or, you know, it, he's just starting this process? What are some things you would say to him? Yeah. So the, the number one thing I would say is that uh, your physiology boosts your psychology. So there's a gap between uh, putting yourself in a position of strength to make the right decisions and show up to the challenge uh, in the right mindset because you're distracted with everything. The guy is just starting is going to be distracted with the family and the finances, but it, it's like you have to, and one of my kids is about this. You, you have to dig 
down to the bedrock of your physiology and focus on your eating, your moving, your sleeping, your breathing. Uh, so you build your psychological strength so you can close that gap around that uncertainty around your family and finances. Right. Uh, that would be the number one thing that uh, I would suggest that you start with. Um, and I did forget to mention my, my website is uh, utreecoaching.com. So it's Y-O-U-T-R-E-E coaching.com. Just click on the divorce coaching. And it'll take you a link right to the, um, to the package. Gotcha. Okay. Well, Steve, I want to thank you uh, for coming on and sharing your story and, and being a, you know, a beacon of hope for, for men. Um, as we said many times, it's, it's hard to, to, to find that sometimes in this, in this sort of space, uh, because I think part of it is when guys get through this, they don't want to talk about it. Like, even if they're like, quote unquote, okay, years later, like that they, they don't want to talk about it. Like that's in their past. They let it go. So there's not, a, there's not many men that I've seen. And I get it. I totally understand that get through the process doing better in life and then sort of pay, you know, turn around and say, all right, who, who, who needs help back there? Like, it, it, most guys don't do that. And, and I'm, you know, I get it. I'm not knocking it. It is what it is. But so what I'm saying is I think there are people like yourself, you know, I'll toot my own horn, people like myself that are able to, to do that are pretty fucking special. So I thank you for that. I agree. I thank you for having me. I agree. This is a great format and uh, there, there has to be purpose in the pain. Amen. It doesn't always have to be helping men other men recover but there's purpose in everybody's pain that they're going through the key is to find it and let it unleash your own way agreed well thanks brother i appreciate it and we will definitely have you on again um you mentioned your website is there any other social media stuff you wanted to get out there any other ways for people to contact you yeah i mean you, you can find i have a youtube channel with some tip videos if you check um search you tree coaching also a facebook page instagram page but probably more of the contents on youtube okay i'm not, I'm not the best at social media yeah welcome to the club <laughs> all right well I'll, I'll link everything in the show notes so you guys can find you and uh yeah thank you for coming on i really appreciate it thank you michael take care yep, yep you too bye thank you so much for watching and or listening thank you to nick coyle and lifer for allowing me to use their song born again which you're hearing now and at the intro to the podcast Thank you to Justin Dillahanty and all of my brothers at The Alpha Code. Please visit the website, risingphoenixpodcast.com, to connect with me and other like-minded men who are looking to thrive and grow after their divorce. And remember to surround yourself with people who add value to your life, who challenge you to be greater than you were yesterday, who sprinkle magic into your existence like you do to theirs. Life is not meant to be done alone. Find your tribe. Take care.